Good morning, church. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's everybody come on in, find a seat, get ready to worship this morning. I was lost with a broken heart You picked me up, now I'm set apart From the ash I am born again Forever safe in the Savior's hands You are more than my words could say I'll follow you, Lord, for all my days Fix my eyes, follow in your ways Forever free
you part the promise. I'll take you at your word. If you say it, I'll believe it. I've seen how good it works. If you start it, you'll complete it. I'll take you at your word. Hey, oh, you think you spoke and the chaos fell.
to his every word. And that's what we have to stand on is his every word, his every promise. We just sang of all of so many, not even all of the promises that, that he's given us. But his love, his love will always be enough. His grace is always big enough. There's always, his grace is always available for the taking. His mercy is always overflowing. Oh, we're entering um, a time in our service where we get to have, a, have an overflow of worship through our tithes and offerings. And just this morning, as we, as we are presented with that opportunity, that opportunity to believe in his faithfulness, to believe in his goodness, he said it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And there's so much wisdom in that. He didn't say that because he, God needs your money, you know? That's not, that's not what that means. It means that it is a, as much as it is a blessing to others, the ways that your tithes and offerings are used, as much as that's a blessing to others, it's also a blessing to you. He blesses you through opportunities to be generous. So Father, we just present these gifts to you this morning. We lay down ourselves. We lay down our pride. We just ask that you humble us and that you remind us who you've called us to be. We ask that you lead our steps on this narrow path where mercy is wide, where your love overflows, where you've parted waters and raging seas. You are so good and you are so faithful. We thank you for this opportunity to be a blessing. We thank you for this opportunity to be generous. We give you all the glory. Boundless grace, the God of ages. 
got to talk and I've just completely blown out my vocal cords. Um, man, the same God, the same God that raised Jesus from the dead, Romans 8 says, 
can give life to your body too. Even though we're stuck with this flesh, and sometimes it fails us, sometimes figuratively, or sometimes physically, literally, but sometimes when we want to do the right thing, even Paul said, Paul said, the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, those are the things I do. How many of you have ever been on a diet? That's me right now. I'm proud, my buckle's kind of sticking straight out instead of looking down like it usually does. So I'm doing better. But if you want to do better, God can, the same God that raised Jesus from the dead can do that in your life too. Amen? Amen. Y'all be seated. And thank you, awesome, awesome worship team. Thank you, Crystal. We're borrowing her from uh, Stillwater this morning, Victory Life in Stillwater. Our sister church more than all the other victory life locations uh victory life stillwater came out of out of here and so we're excited the the leaders from came from here and so we're excited to have crystal this morning she can sing there's a point where the sound system shut down because she her voice is loud (laughs) but you could you probably couldn't even tell so um Anyway, awesome. Appreciate y'all. I want to remind you that the, um, oh, this is already the last Sunday of the month, isn't it? Okay, so two weeks is Easter. If, uh, bring Easter eggs, uh, all right. Pam's got, Pam has instructions in the newsletter, so just follow those instructions. But Easter eggs, we're going to, you can start bringing them if you'd like to next Sunday, and we'll make sure. If you want to bring empty ones, we'll get those filled. With, I think we've done that before, but um, we're going to have a big Easter egg hunt like we do every year, and that is one of my most favorite times of the year. We're going to do pictures like we've done before, so family pictures, um, and we'll have a backdrop all, all set up, and it'll, it'll be fun. Um, then the last sun, the last Sunday in the month of April... We will have a dinner on the grounds. It'll be a family Sunday. It's the fifth Sunday. And so we're going to have a big, big, uh, big day that day. Big, big day. So I want you to take, uh, oh, and that will also be a diaper shower for the Pitkins. Their little baby that was born five or six weeks ago, whatever that was. I don't know. I've slept since then. So I want you to take five minutes and come back and we'll have a word this morning. A short word, and we're going to have some kids that are going to help us. Break. Hello, everyone. Let's gather back together. Mila, Olivia, Claire, will you guys join up here, too? Say, these are all of our kids' helpers. Emery, where are you? You want to join with us, too? Say, we've got some of our bigs that help us in our littles class. And um, we want to do something for you. I'm going to let Margaret. Is your mic on, my dear? Is your mic on? Is your mic on? No, I'm looking at it. There's no lights. Hello. No lights. Logan's was dead. It's not Logan's. Hello. Hello. I prefer the other one, but that's okay. okay. All right. The one that's. Oh, hello. hello. Oh, ooh, there we go. Okay. Okay, I want Miss Margaret to introduce and tell you what we're doing. We're going to do something interactive with you. I'm Miss Margaret. I'm part of the pre-K here at Chandler. And this is some of my kids from current and some kids that are new and some from the past. Uh, 
and it's important, very important to me. Well, we just heard great, great singing, didn't we? Great worship. And where does good worship come from? The kids in the word with a song. Yes, much like today. So what we have today is kind of like the basic little seeds that are sown in their heart. I know when you, got, you come and pick up your kids at the door, and I will hand you a piece of paper, things that they colored, and things that you know, we talked about. It might be Lazarus. That's what we talked about last week. So we imprinted on that. But more than that, I want something imprinted on their heart that you cannot see. But it is happening. So in our curriculum, we had a simple little game that they called it, and it's the change song. And that's what we wish to present to you today, is the change song. Okay, so, Mr. Greg, we've got this queued up so you guys can follow along also, okay? I think you'll know this. Even if you don't think you know this, I think you'll know this. Okay, all right, are we ready? So here's how it goes. I know God and he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. I know God and he loves me. Ready? No matter what. God will help me change my heart. Change my heart. Change my heart. God will help me change my heart. No matter what. Jesus helps me know who God is, know who God is, know who God is. Jesus helps me know who God is, no matter what. I know God loves other people, other people, other people. I know God loves other people, no matter what. God's love will help me change, help me change, help me change. God's love will help me change. I can love like God. Awesome. Thank you, you, Juliet. Awesome. Okay, kids, y'all can go back and play, except I'm going to keep Mila and Olivia up here. We're going to transition to our teaching time. And um, we have a few scriptures that we want to read over you. And so I am going to, I'm going to grab a sheet. All right. Now, do you know which one, which one of you wants to read the first one I sent you? Are you reading the first one? This one? All right, here we go. Eat the mic, girl. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful wicked, people who... Suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because He was made it, because He made it obvious to them. For ever since the world has created, people have seen the earth and sky through everything God made. They can clearly see His invisible qualities, His internal power, and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. And then we're going to continue in Romans there as well in verses twenty-one through twenty-three. But God showed the yes, they knew God, but they didn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think of foolish ideas what of what God was like as a result 
they might become dark and confused, claiming to be wise, they instead became under fools, and instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. All right, thank you, girls. Praise be the name of God. For my next trick, I'll pretend to be a preacher. Not a very good one. Okay. Um, Out of the mouths of babes. Uh, Sorry, Mila and Olivia, y'all aren't babes. But out of the mouths of these young people comes wisdom um, Paul, in the book of Romans, is laying down an argument. And that's what Romans is. It's like, I mean, think of, think of a lawyer in a court of law that is laying out his case. And that's what Paul does in the book of Romans. And this is in the first chapter. This is, he's sending it out from the, and he starts in kind of in the beginning of things. Um, he, he says, you know, there's not an, ex, man doesn't have an excuse because God has revealed himself. And Greg, I'm going to ask you to come down in just a second. Um, in fact, you can come down now if you want to. And, um, God has revealed himself in things that we can see, the things that are made, the things that God has created, that, that man is without excuse, even if he hasn't heard the gospel. He's without excuse because God has revealed himself in just the things that we see in nature. Um, and uh, Greg's going to... Did he come? Greg? You're free. Fly away. Come down here. Um, I cannot go out in the woods and not see God. I can't look at a human body and not see God. All the things that God created, he reveals himself in. And, it, and I want you to think about it because some, some so-called theologians or, or so-called scientific types um, want to say that Christianity, and I really want you to follow me here, that Christianity is not real, it's something made up, compare it to other religions. But to me, this is an explanation for where the other religions come from, that God has revealed himself in nature, and, and if you look throughout history, God is, man has tried to find God that he knew existed, and he did his best sometimes to understand and, and even have some kind of interconnected relationship with him. And I'm going to talk about that in a second. But Greg had a word um, that I think is from God, and I think it's for us. So um, what did I do with that microphone? Okay, yeah. Go. 
that one that's sitting in my seat maybe yeah just go and come on up here oh. so because we're on we're online so I want you no it's all right I, I dress for the sound booth not for the stage sorry <laughs> So, uh, Blame God. He's the one that gave you the word. So. Yeah. Um, so I was driving in this morning, and I was listening to, to Elevation Worship, which we all know is the second best worship team in America. Um, but they have a couple songs, probably you all know most of them, but one's called um, Do, it, Do It Again, and the other one's called Same God. And um, it got me to... Thinking about this past week, I was driving home from Eben through that uh, line of thunderstorms. Drove Me and Cammie drove right through uh, that big old line of thunderstorms that was literally right over the turnpike. So that was con- con- convenient. But um, we got in front of it and got home. And um, you know how normally you see a flash out your window or whatever, and then about... 10, 15, 20 seconds later, you hear the thunder kind of come rumbling through the clouds. But if you've been in Oklahoma long enough in the springtime, you've had one of those where you have that bright flash and immediately the windows rattle and the roof shakes and it gets your attention. Well, we got home and we have a big metal barn down there and Colin was down there. Uh, My 19-year-old was down there piddling on his truck in the shop and we pulled in under the carport and I went in to see what he was doing and he was like dad we had like we had a lightning strike out in the pasture right before you got here and he was like the whole shop lit up and my ears are still ringing (laughs) and uh we were we were kind of like um it was like yeah we probably lost a tree or something we'll go check it out in the morning so (laughs) I was I was thinking about that this morning and you know, the, you think about that, that was a specific set of atmospheric conditions at one place, some molecules bouncing off each other, some friction between some cloud banks created that much power that came to earth at that one point in time. And you contrast that to our God's oak and created a universe. That's right. That billions of years later, scientists have proved is still expanding. Right. So as much power as we feel in that moment when our windows are rattled, and our roof shakes. How petty of it is us as Christians that our hearts are not rattled and our minds are not shaken by the power of our God. Amen. And Haley used some words in a song that said, you spoke and the chaos was put in order. And then in this scripture that the kids just read, it said the, foolish is, the foolishness of their minds thought up, you know, what God, what God was not. Yeah. So that's who we can be as Christians. Like we can completely thank God out of all the power that he has, but 
he has the power that when you whisper a prayer, all the power that spoke the universe to, into existence, right. the power that gave Jesus his first breath in the tomb is available to hear the, the same prayer that you whispered in your closet. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead and take I thought you were going to shake hands with me. God is still revealing himself through nature. Uh, I mean, he, he did that for Greg. And if we, if we acquaint ourselves with his voice, and how do we do that? Through his word. I, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And one, one of the ways we know it is through his word. We, we get, God reveals himself in his word and we get to know him better and better that way. And, and when you train yourself to hear his voice, then, then he can speak to you in things like that. The lightning flash. Yeah. Um, and some of this, I, this morning is for you kids, young people. That um, even Greg's word, I, I want you to, young people, I want you to be thinking about hearing from God and seeing God revealing himself that way through in nature and in, in things that happen that you go, whoa, God is awesome. When you, when you learn more about how your bodies work, I mean, how your eyeball works. How the light, light and color turns into images that go into your brain and you, you can understand it. And we all understand it the same way. When we were studying evolution as we, uh, as we were teaching our kids in homeschool in the early years, we studied evolution and compared that to our ideas about creation and, and tried to kind of, I don't know what the word is. I don't know if it's reconciled or, because it can't be reconciled. I mean, there are some things about it that can't, like an eyeball. I mean, if you think, I'm sorry, I didn't plan to do this, but I think I'm going to go there anyway. If you think about what you've been taught about evolution and that uh, gradual changes happen over time and the changes that stay are by natural selection um, that so that if a, if a an animal, a horse or something like that with a longer neck and it can reach up and get the higher branches when all the lower branches are eaten out, then that then that more fit survival of the fittest, that more fit animal gets chosen in the gene pool to be represented more, and that's natural selection. And so you can see that the long, and then somehow we come out with a giraffe with a longer neck. I can buy that. I can buy that. But and so that the idea that a fish comes out of the water and the one little fish that doesn't have good flippers, and, and he's not very good on the water, but man, he's got these stumps, and he can walk around on land, right? But in between having the stumps to where he can walk on land and, the, 
and where he's still trying to swim in the water with stumps instead of flippers, that's no good. So natural selection doesn't work there, right? Are you following with me? Okay, so I, I don't see how nubbit, flippers turn into arms. That, the na- idea of natural selection doesn't work there, right, right there. But the idea that an eye can develop by natural selection is ridiculous. Because that's why in the fossil record, there are no intermediate types. You can't find the in-between type stuff. You don't eat, I'm not sure if there are nubbins in the fossil record, you know, something in between arms and flippers. There sure isn't anything in between a nothing and an eyeball that functions. They're just, that's impossible. It can't be explained by natural selection. Just like my watch. So the, the idea that is that if you, if you get all the parts and if you have an infinite amount of time to operate, that eventually the stuff just shake like I can have a puzzle box and shake it up. And if I shake it long enough, when I open it, it will be assembled. Or this watch that if I put all the parts of this watch, my Apple watch here, if I put them all together in a box and I shake it long enough, that eventually it'll come together. Or a a, a hundred monkeys in a room with a typewriter can eventually type out war and peace. Um, That's part of that idea of enough time will make it happen. There is not enough time. And that was one of the the interesting things about the Big Bang Theory is that the Big Bang Theory says, yeah, there's not infinite time. It's a a limited amount of time. And so... that actually also shot down um, a lot of ideas about evolution. So, sorry, that may have been too much. But I'm, there are things that we naturally understand until some strange ideas just get hammered, 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 hammered away. Um. So the scriptures that Mila and Olivia read about how God shows himself in creation. I think that that Paul was looking back in history a little bit and he saw the development of the the Jewish religion, Judaism, uh, the worship of the one true God that he saw in as they were growing throughout their history in their understanding of who God is, he, he even talks about they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like, even though they had had God represent. See, before Abraham, well, actually before Moses, nothing was written down. Everything was passed on orally. And if you think about it before the flood... Adam actually sat around with his grandchildren. Kids, I want you to think, I want you to picture this. That Adam sat around the fire with his children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, 
his great-great-grandchildren, his great-great-great-grandchildren, his great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren, his great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren for hundreds of years. So like eight, nine hundred years, all that stuff got passed along so that right before Noah, was it Methuselah was the last generation that knew who Adam was, that actually listened to him tell the story around the fire, the story of the creation when God made everything and when God made Adam and Adam wakes up from asleep and there's Eve. Woo! (laughs) Amen for that. My Eve's in the nursery right now, but I'm thankful God gave her to me and didn't even require one of my ribs. But Adam told that story to them going along. That was the only revelation of who God was. Because once Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden, or that they were removed from the garden... They were expelled from the garden. After that, they didn't talk with God anymore. He would reveal himself throughout time at different times through angels that he sent to give certain words and through prophets. But even that comes after. Moses writes down the first five books of the Old Testament. But before that, there wasn't anything. So even... Abraham didn't have any books to read or tell, tell them about. It was still getting passed down. And it says in Romans chapter 4, it says, Abraham was humanly speaking. This is chapter 4, verse 1. I don't know if you have that, Greg. Uh, Abraham was humanly speaking the founder of our Jewish nation. And so he, and he was the keeper of the oracles of God, keeper of the things that God had told through, uh, up to that point. Uh, founder of the Jewish nation. What did he discover about being made right with God? And if his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, which is what the law talks about, doing good things, he would have had something to boast about. Like he could have said, man, I'm such a good guy, but he didn't. Uh, That's not God's way. For the scripture tells us, Abraham believed in God. That's it. Abraham believed in God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. It wasn't the things that that Abraham did as a person because Abraham did some stuff, y'all. He did some stuff that wasn't that great and his kids the same way. They weren't perfect. They didn't do everything right. But in in Hebrews chapter 11, Paul talks... I think Paul wrote Hebrews. Y'all can argue with me later, but... um, Paul, Paul says that, that he believed that even with his son Isaac that he was told to go sacrifice changed. It, it, it changed. It didn't happen. But he had faith in God. In Hebrews 11, it said if he had, he believed that God was going to raise him from the dead. Because God had made a promise that his, his, uh, the promise that he would live and, and have... Uh, descendants after him was going to be fulfilled in Isaac. He said, so I just thought he'd raise him from the dead. No problem there. How many of you have that kind of faith? That he believed in God and believed that he could do the things that he had promised. God counted that to him as righteousness. That's how, that's how we live too. 
and what the work that Jesus has done on the cross, we put our faith in that. So all that's, those stories were told over generations and Moses then writes it down, which is the Bible that we have. The stuff that Moses wrote down in the first five books and then after all that, um, Nehemiah and, and the prophets that wrote things down, David wrote the Psalms and uh, Solomon so we've got all the other writers of the Old Testament and the New Testament. There are new writers that come along hundreds of years later. And we have that. And we've, we've got that word that's been proven. That's been proven in our own lives. So, I, so before our religion i don't i i have our time using the right word because religion kind of has a bad name because we don't believe in religion because sometimes religion just becomes these practices these things you do it's not anything that is in us or or that is even expressed through us it's just acts it's just stuff we do we come here we sing three songs we take up an offering we have a word and then we all leave that you just go through the act act of a religious thing. And that's not, that's not what we believe in. We believe that we live it out in our daily lives every day. More important than what happens here on one hour on a Sunday morning is what happens everywhere else in our life. Yeah. Amen? There is a, an example of how, what it's like to pursue God without any structure without the revelation of God because we don't and here's what okay let me tell about it um, how many of you have ever heard of Easter Island it's um, it's an island about 900 miles off the coast of South America okay so South America that long pointy thing that comes down and almost touches Antarctica to the left side of that west of the lower end of South America is Easter Island, also known as Rapa Nui. Um, it was called Easter Island because they discovered it on Easter Sunday uh, years ago. And so in most of the Latin languages, it's, it's something about Easter Island or, or Ile de Pascua or something like that, which is Pas- the Paschal season that we, we may be familiar with that word. So there's a tribe there that they discovered called the Rapa Nui. Um, They think that those people may have come from Polynesia. So over in the south, uh, south, uh, south, what's that? South Pacific. Thank you. I started hearing that song, that guy singing. Um, um, The South Pacific. And so it says that they came from the east and... A guy named Thor Heyerdahl, a Norwegian anthropologist, actually did it. He got in a boat and came that way, and he did it in about, gosh, just 15 days, a couple of weeks or something, made that voyage. So it's possible, I suppose. But a lot of people think they may have come from South America or whatever, so only 900 miles instead of about 1,500 miles, but or 1,700. They, they end up on this island, and there's these people there. And somehow they had an idea about God. Uh, And this is a a thousand years ago, 
They think they ended up on this island. So that's before the gospel went around the world. Because in the 14 and 1500s, something like that, 1300s, the gospel began to travel all around the world. But it was before that. They didn't have an inkling of God from anywhere else except that they had seen it through nature. Just like Paul describes in Romans chapter 1. That in nature they went, you know what? I think there might be a God. <laughs> there may be a God that made this stuff and because we don't think it could have just happened by accident. They didn't have any scientists to tell them smart stuff. You know, They said that couldn't have happened by accident. And so they began, they began this seeking after God. And somehow they got in their minds that it'd be good to make these tall statues. And these statues that are like 10 feet of head and only about three feet of, um, three feet of body and no legs. And then they buried part of them. They thought that they were just heads for a long time, but there's actually body down buried in the ground underneath them. And they made thousands of these things. And the funny thing is that they're spread all around the edge of the island. And the theory is that they were trying to appeal to God because their island was running out of resources and they needed to go somewhere and they didn't know how to they didn't know what to do, and so they were hoping that God would send them some deliverer or something like that. And so they're making all these statues, and they put them facing out to the sea all the way around because I guess they figured God was going to come rescue them that way, not that he'd send some aliens and come beam them up, Scotty, or anything like that, um, which I think is pretty smart of them, but they're, they're hoping they will come. And guess what? God doesn't ever come. Maybe we make them taller. Maybe if, we make, maybe if we put a red hat on them. They really did that. If we put a red hat on them. They never did turn into birds and stuff like that, which is what the Egyptians did. Just like Paul describes here, he says, they made them look like reptiles and birds and, and other created things instead of worshiping the creator himself. At least they never did anything like that. But bless their hearts, they were trying to make a, somehow appeal to a God that they didn't know how to appeal to him. And in all of that, because that same thing had gone on for thousands of years. That's the reason why there's different religions. And some of them even look a little bit like us. They're, they're appealing to a one God. And there's, there's stories that look a little bit like ours. But I believe, and it's been... It's been borne out in my life and my experience. I believe that the Bible that we have, all 66 books, is, a, is God revealing himself to us. So we don't have to sit around going, maybe if we put a hat on our statue. Aren't you thankful for that? Otherwise, we'd be doing the same thing. Oh my gosh, except we do do the same thing. We do think maybe we can please God in some other way. Maybe if I do this or maybe if I do that. When God has revealed himself in his word. He's, he said, this is who I am. And if you practice, you can hear my voice. 
And I don't care. I don't know how many of you have had a mental status exam before. I used to have to do those in the hospital with people and, and see how, how, you know, what their experience was and see if they had any mental illness or anything like that. Be careful what you tell people in those kind of circumstances about hearing from God and stuff like that because they get all weird about it. But I've heard God, God say things to me that weren't in the Bible. I've heard God say, go down that hallway, turn to the right. I don't know if it was actually in my ear or not. I I used to call it um, a text message or something like that. That just was a thought that is in my, and I, but I would argue with God, God, I can't go down that hallway. It's not for the public. That's like private hallways in, by, in, in the hotel, in the business area. I can't go down that hallway. Anybody ever argued with God like that? Yeah, don't do it. It's not a good idea. <laughs> Moses proved it wrong. He, he said, but, 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 but God, I can't talk too good. God says, I'll send your brother and he'll talk for you. I've actually had that experience where God said, I'll send somebody. And he sent a, not my brother, I don't have an actual brother, but a brother friend of mine, uh, Pepper Dill, said, God said, I'll, I'll send Pepper and he'll talk to you. I'm going to go talk to Pepper. You can't talk to him until next Wednesday. That's what God told me that during that time. Aren't you glad that we're not like the people like the Rapa Nui? Aren't you glad that we're not like the Egyptians trying to figure stuff out? I think that's maybe what the pyramids are. Let's try to please God. Let's try to put a hat on our pyramids and see if God will come down and, and talk to us. They were just looking for something like that. When all the time in the background, they had the Israelites, they had the Hebrew people that already had the, who God was. And it ta- but it takes all the way to Paul during the, the Roman Empire, Paul comes and says, you know, I know who that un- unknown God is. In the book of Acts, Paul says, I, y'all have this statue to the unknown God. He has a red hat on. Uh, I don't know if you had a red hat. That red hat just sticks in my mind. How tragic it is. And what sticks in my mind is how many times we tried to put a red hat on our stuff and, and appeal to God. Anyway, I'll stop with the red hat thing. Okay. But Paul says, I know who that unknown God is. He's my God, the only God. And kids, 2 Timothy chapter 3 Verse 16 and 17, two verses in in chapter 3 in Timothy. And Timothy was a young man, not too much different from y'all, a little bit older, but I don't think he was very much older. Maybe just only five or six years older than you guys sitting in the second row right now. Just, Just a few years older than you. And he's this young man, and he's the pastor of a church. And Paul is his mentor. Paul's not his dad or anything. Apparently he didn't have a dad. He's raised by his grandmother. And, but Paul gave him some advice. And he, and he says to him in, in this verse, chapter 3, verse 16, Paul says, all scripture is inspired by God. That means it's been breathed into, inspired. God's breathed just like he breathed life into Moses when Moses was just clay, 
He breathed into Moses and made Moses come alive. Paul tells Timothy, all scripture is inspired by God, breathed into, made alive, and is useful to teach us what is true. That scripture can teach us what's true. Not just about God, but about a lot of things. There are things in the Old Testament that weren't discovered until the 1800s and the early 1900s about the world that are in the Bible from over to for almost 3,000 years before. It's just amazing to me. There's things about the world that weren't discovered until recently, like that the world was a sphere. Anyway, I, I won't go into all that. It's useful to teach us what is true and, that's one thing, and two, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It's like a manual that can tell us if we're, if thing, if we're not doing right, how can we fix that? How many of you have ever looked at an instruction manual to try to figure out how to make something work? <laughs> women, 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 women. No men raise their hands to that. Zero. And teach us to, it corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. See, we didn't have to wander around and figure out how to make the statue or where to put a hat on it or not. Sorry, I did it again. And because God says, this is how it works. This is who I am. And this is how it works. That's one of the reasons why it's important to come to church. Yeah. Raise your hand if you think it's important to come to church. Okay. Okay. Some men raise their hands on that one. I appreciate that. Because God is revealing himself to us in his word. And that's one of the reasons why we come to church. Because at church, we hear God's word. And just like these awesome preschoolers sang the songs that are from God's word and teaching the same things. And they learn that. And I know that they can get it at home too. But they can't get this at home. That God's revealing himself to us. And it's part of our purpose for coming to church to hear about his word and his revelation of himself through us. But we also learn from his people. And so some of these people, and you may not, your parents, you may not believe them all the time. But sometimes, how many of you have experienced that your kids may behave differently around other people? And that, and sometimes other people can speak into their lives in a way that's different from you. And how important it is for us to, for teach our kids to come to church and learn things not just, just from the words that come out of another person's mouth, but also about how the word of God affects their lives and how they live it out every day. Yeah. And now when Yvonne comes up here and gives us a word that you hear God working through her and you see how that happens. That's one of the reasons why I think it's important for our children to be in here occasionally and not always just with other kids their same age. It's important for them to see for, by example 
how other people are living their life. And to see that consistently, just like their parents, that ah, they don't believe their parents, but oh, but their, our parents are saying the same thing that all these other people are saying. And, and I'm seeing how it works in the, these other people's lives. That's one of the reasons for us to, to be here at church. And parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, friends, we, we plug that programming into our kids' lives yeah. by just being here. Because yeah. sometimes it's more important what just another person, not the, I'm just another person. Some people don't look at it that way, but that, that's the absolute truth. I'm not really the shepherd. I'm just a sheep. I've got a bell on maybe and a little leader, something happening, but I, I'm not. There's only Jesus is the shepherd. And we're all following him. And so I'm not that different. But sometimes people see that because I'm standing here and I'm, I'm thankful that in this place, we have other people that talk all the time too. Some of you may not appreciate that as much as I do, but it, it's a demonstration of what the church is too. We don't have a priest and I, I'm not totally opposed to priests or anything like that. You actually, the Bible says some of you are priests to your own family. And that, and that is the, the way that is. But we've started to misunderstand priests uh, through uh, the last thousand years. Um, that's the word for today, especially for you guys, kids, that sometimes are somewhere else. Is it the purpose that we're here at church is to hear God's word, his revelation of himself, so that we don't have to try to make big old stone heads to please God. I think it'd be cool to carve a stone head. You know, one of the reasons why they hoped that God would come and get them was because they were running out of resources. Do you know why they were running out of resources? They had, they had used all the resources, building the heads, rolling the heads. There wasn't a tree over three feet tall on that island anymore when in the mid-1800s, Europeans showed up on that island. There was not a tree over three foot tall. And originally, one of the tallest palm trees that had ever lived was on that island. You know what they did with them? They used them all to make rollers to roll the stones down to the beach from where they carved them out of the mountain. And there were, there's hundreds and hundreds of the stone of the statues still up there in that quarry that they never did get down to the beach. I'm thinking, hello? Bless their hearts. That's what we say in the South. Right before we become critical of something. Bless their hearts. They were doing their best. Let us just make sure we don't do our best. Let's, let's just follow after God's revelation of himself to us. And his revelation of how to be in right relationship with him. And his revelation of how we can be successful in our lives. And make things work by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's all in there. And then we can see it lived out in other people's lives by being a part of this fellowship. 
That's why it's important to be here. You can't get that fellowship stuff out of watching it on TV either. I'm thankful that we have that. We have people that have been contacting us from around the state and even around the nation because of being able to connect with us through that online. And as much as I hated it at first, I, I'm, I'm thankful for it now because it's, it's blessing people around the nation. Right. And your demonstration of how God works in your life. You can't get that from watching it online. So if you're watching online, I would encourage you to go somewhere where where you can see the demonstration of it. And you can demonstrate for others what, what it means to have Jesus working in your life. And the Holy Spirit giving life to your dead body like we talked about earlier. The, our flesh that doesn't always do what we want it to do. Amen? I want you to pray with me now. And I'm going to ask a blessing on these kids and their parents and their families especially for today. I'm going to pray for Angie and Ryan as they travel to California for his dad's funeral. He died very unexpectedly the week before last, right after we had prayed for Ryan and his new job in Kansas and now the very next day he lost his dad. The enemy attacked him and their family. But they, they've been strong and God's ministered to even Ryan during that. Uh, some special things that he may tell you about someday. But they're traveling to California this week. And um, so you be praying for them as they go. That they'll know the peace of God. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. And that we don't wander around trying to figure out how to be in relationship with you. You've given us clear instructions. Thank you, God, for that. And thank you for protecting your word through hundreds and thousands of years that your word has come to us in the form that it is right now. Apparently very close to how it was created in the very beginning through your inspiration that you had men write it down and brought it to us today. In 2023, revealing yourself to us. And so, Father, I pray that as we incorporate your word into our lives, that our, that, that, that our children and grandchildren and nieces and nephews, that they see you in us, that they see the Spirit of God lived out in how we do our lives from day to day. Father, I pray that our lives reflect the light of your goodness and grace. That our faith is a representation of who you are. Not something that, we're, that we've made up or that we're adding things to. That it, it, is, it is confined to, to your revelation. It's confined to how you've revealed yourself in the word. And like the, the very last word in the book of Revelation. The next of the last sentence says, Woe unto the one that adds to this or takes away from it. I pray that we'd never be that person that adds to or takes away from your word, your revelation of who you are. 
but that the life that we live more and more conforms to that word. That we're not conformed to the world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our mind according to your word. And as we're renewed, that even as we go from this place, and as we're being renewed throughout this week, Father, that people would see the difference in us. That our life every single day is a testimony of the power of, of your presence in our lives. For these young people, I pray special blessing on them. That the word that they've heard this morning would be an encouragement to them. That it'd be like an anchor, a rock that that keeps them from being swept away by the ideas that the world tries to put in them, to install in them through TV and Netflix and Disney and and music and whatever things are. That they would be always comparing what the world says about who we are and what we're supposed to be, always be comparing it to your word. Just like the song we sang, I'll take you at your word. If you said it, I'll believe it. I pray that they would be living out that in their lives every day. And that as they go to school even, that that has an impact on them and kids who don't know you even can see a difference in their lives. I lift up Angie and Ryan as they travel this week the end of this week and that you'll be with them that they'll know the peace of God that passes understanding in circumstances where it's just not understandable bless them as they travel and bless them with that special peace that only you can give and bless us all as we go from here to be a blessing to others everywhere we go in Jesus name Amen